When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and welcome to another mini episode of EW's Binge Podcast, adapted from our new quick drag Twitter spaces, airing live every Friday at 10.05 Eastern, 7.05 Pacific, after new episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 14. This week, we caught up with Episode 2 breakout star Angeria Paris Van Michaels to talk about her cute little interactions with Lady Camden, destroying the talent show challenge, and the strangest place she found a Tic Tac after that wild mini challenge photo shoot. Enjoy. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, I- <laughs> oh my God. This has been like the most like craziest thing trying to get to you jesus <laughs> that but thankfully it happened like i said i would wait all evening for you i am so glad that we are finally <laughs> talking how are you feeling i mean the, to see yourself <laughs> on national television your tv national debut fucking television oh my god are you fucking <laughs> serious oh god no i, I feel fucking amazing like mm-hmm. oh my god man oh my god joey it, like you don't understand like this is crazy Yes, it really was amazing to see you on all of our screens. I mean, everybody, I mean, you have to have seen all of these amazing comments. I mean, people are losing their minds over how good you did on this episode. Like, I mean, you are truly a breakout star. So it's very nice to see. I wish, though, that there was a visual component to this space, because as you proved very quickly on this episode, your facial expressions, I think, are going to (laughs) define this season. I mean, I particularly loved when you were watching Daya's talent show, when she, like, let the (laughs) confetti go. I mean, your face changed from, like, general confusion to chaos looking over at the judges. Um, So, like, are those faces intentional, or is that just, like, the spirit coming out in the moment? no, Joey, I got to tell you, <laughs> it's so crazy to me because if I'm being honest, um, okay, so my snatch was hurting. Like my snatch, <laughs> I tie my head with a pantyhose because that's what we do in pageants. And my head was on fucking fire. Mm-hmm. So like during her talent, well, honestly, everybody's talent, my head was on fire. So I'm like, oh my God, I look so fucking shady. But honestly... I'm not being shady. I, I promise. I'm not being shady. My head just hurts. I promise. <laughs> that was a look of pain. There was no shade, just a look of pain. Yeah, no shade, just pain. I promise. Okay. Well, that makes me maybe slightly more concerned that you are in pain up there on that stage. <laughs> um, well, well, you got to understand, Joey, it's a very long day yes. on set, okay? <laughs> but, I mean, she is a professional, as she proved. I mean, you get through anything and you deliver yes. an amazing performance at the end of the day. But I do want to go back 
back. Let's go back to the beginning of the episode. I mean, your entrance look, I think from the moment people set eyes on you, we all knew that you were going to be a star. And you come from this great Atlanta scene. I mean, there are so many past Rue girls that have come from that city. And I know you you have to have some stories from that scene. Like, what's the craziest story or interaction that you've had with another Rue girl from the Atlanta scene? Honestly, and she's not even a Rue girl, but the craziest interaction, and you know this, is with Silky Nugget, <laughs> Nutmeg Ganache. And it was, yeah, and it was, in, but it was in Atlanta. She ain't from Atlanta, but it was from Atlanta. Me and Silky actually competed in the first pageant I ever won, and I won the pageant. I, I, I beat her in the pageant, and we've been friends ever since. So she ain't from Atlanta, but bitch, I beat her in Atlanta. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yes. Yeah, so she is now forever tied to Atlanta because you beat her in Atlanta. I understand. What was- <laughs> yeah, period. Yeah. She, yeah, she is forever an Atlanta drag queen because Angeria beat her ass in Atlanta. <laughs> so speaking of Atlanta queens, I mean, did you see Miss Lala Ree's Olay commercial that aired during this episode? I mean, if commercials could win the Oscar for Best Picture. I did. And I'm so fucking proud. I'm so fucking proud of everything that Lala has mm-hmm. done. Like, you got to know that me and Lala are, are motherfucking sisters. Like, I love Lala so much. And even when she got on Drag Race, I was like, girl, like, to be honest with you, Lala, like, I had seen a lot of queens on Drag Race. But when I saw Lala get on, I was like, I want to audition because it made it so real for me, you know? Yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, and it's really great to see her succeed. Now, somebody who I think clearly took notice of you on this episode um, after the entrance look was Lady Camden. I mean, the two of you seem to have a connection going on right from the second that you first interacted. And then in Untucked, you told her that you felt an immediate click. So is there like a little Brooke or Vanjie workroom romance going on here? <laughs> okay, so let me kiss you. Now, there is not a Brooke and Vanjie. Okay, we ain't no relationship or nothing. But just know that me and Lady Camden are so close. Like I just talked to her the other day and me and Lady Camden are really, really close. When me and the other uh, six girls came in, she was easily one of the first girls that I connected with, especially because she's from London and I like she's from the UK and immediately I love people with accents <laughs> as they love me. And I was like, girl, I was immediately hooked, like immediately so me and Lady Camden have been close ever since the moment I heard her speak. So it's just just the voice. That's all that does it for you is the voice. <laughs> yeah, you know, that that's it. It do it for me. Like, Joey, for real. Like, I can't wait to uh, go to UK, you know, on tour and shit so I can uh, meet other people with accents <laughs> and stuff. You know what I'm this saying? This <laughs> obsession with British people. I feel like all of the Drag Race fans now are going to <laughs> no, be no, speaking no. And- with... <laughs> No, no, you should say Angeria's obsession with accents. Yes, period. with accents, period. I love it. I just feel like everybody who's going to come across your path now is going to be speaking in an accent, just so you know. They're going to be faking it just because they want you to love them. Oh, God. Oh, and I see Miss Cornbread is here listening. We have to wish a happy birthday to her. Happy birthday to Miss Cornbread. Yes, happy birthday to Bread. Yes. That's my bread. Listen, Joey, that is easily one of the closest people. When I met Cornbread, it was it, it, it was. Uh, best friends at first sight because she reminds me of somebody that I went to high school with. Like she's country, I'm country, she's from South Carolina. So we hit it off immediately. She looked at me and she was like, 
that bitch country as hell. And I looked at her and I said, you is, bitch, <laughs> and we've been friends. Ever so since. to impress <laughs> Angeria, what we have to do is basically just have an accent or remind you of somebody from high school. That's all it takes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's all you got to do. And we'll be friends forever, Joey. For you know, me and you, me and you, we are good, yeah. Joey, because when I first met you, Joey, you had reminded me of somebody from high do school. Do I, dare I dig on who this is? Who am I reminding you of from high school? I hope it was somebody good. I hope it was the lunch lady. It was, yeah. It, it, it was somebody good. But I ain't going to tell you who it was because it was somebody I was crushing oh. on. But it was, but it's somebody, just know that. You know, me and you going to be friends uh, you, forever. Just that makes me very happy. Now we have to, that's an interesting segue <laughs> into the next topic I want to talk to you about because you explained in our first round of interviews for EW that Camden actually started this, um, how do we say this? The Sisterhood of the Traveling Porn, I believe you all called it. Now, without getting uh-huh. explicit, because this is a PG-13 broadcast, even though it is oh, EW after early. dark. I mean, <laughs> how soon after she entered the workroom was the Sisterhood of the Traveling Porn discovered? Okay. So what it was is that is um, our first like break from filming. She mentioned it, that she had porn. And the first thing I thought in my head was, Oh my God, I left all my porn at home. So, cause, cause you know, like, I ain't want to like go through TSA and stuff, you know, flying to California. I didn't want like TSA clocking my, my, my DVDs and, and stuff. So I was like, Oh my God, somebody else brought porn. So later on that night, after filming the first episode, I was like, Lady Camden, can I borrow your porn? And she was like, Yeah, bitch, you can. And I swear. I had, yeah, I, and, and I, and I watched it that night. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That is, that's wonderful. I mean, uh, it's true love right there. That's where it all started. I, this, <laughs> true, true love at first Yes, point, exactly. Period. Only on RuPaul's Drag Race do you get this kind of stuff. <laughs> no, uh, speaking yeah. of intimate moments, uh, you, you did also get all up close and personal with a bowl of Tic Tacs for the photo shoot mini challenge. I mean, you won the challenge. So uh, you were so good in this, but what was the weirdest place that you like found a Tic Tac after that? Were you like finding them in your shoes? Were you like, cause I imagine that they were just popping up all over the place. Like people were finding Monet's sponges all around the workroom for weeks after. Were you finding <laughs> Tic Tacs? No, no. Oh, okay. So Joey, I was pulling off my pads and, um, uh, when I pulled my pants off, um, uh, like a, a whole like slew of Tic Tacs just fell out <laughs> on the floor like, from my pants. And I was like, oh my God, like I didn't even know that Tic Tacs could like get all in my tights and stuff, but they did. Like it was Tic Tacs where Tic Tacs should not be. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you're posing that hard. I mean, the Tic Tacs just find their way around the pads. I, I mean, yeah, because I, w- I was really like, as soon as they say like, it's a bowl of Tic Tacs, I'm like, okay, I'm real like, as soon as they say it's okay to really just dive into the bowl, I'm like, all right, I'm inside <laughs> of this bowl, bitch. I'm going to do all the posing I can, bitch, because I'm a broke bitch and I need $2,500, mm-hmm. okay? So I'm going to pose inside of this bowl of Tic Tacs. Do you have any tips for any anyone who might be tasked to do a photo shoot covered in Tic Tacs someday. Okay. My advice, if you are in a bowl of Tic Tacs, (laughs) is to maybe wear like some kind of uh, suit over your outfit, because when you take it off, you're going to have a lot of Tic Tacs falling out of everywhere. 
You really are. And, and and I mean, I got back to the hotel, Joey, and Kit Text was still falling out of me. So I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Oh, these are just the most amazing life tips from Miss Injuria. I, you could write a book <laughs> after this, How to Survive It. I, I, I could. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be called The Sisterhood of Traveling Porn. <laughs> this, is so, this is so chaotic. <laughs> I love this so much. Yeah, um, also, uh, you know, uh, we were talking about Camden before and the affections that you guys had, the friendship. Um, but another person that you had clear affection for was Miss Alicia Keys. I mean, who surprised you all by doing the famous All-Stars 2 yeah. mirror moment when it turned out she was behind the glass the whole time. Um, and we have, we actually have an article on that that just went up on EW.com. So every Everyone should check that out. Um, but uh, tell me a little bit about your reaction in the moment. Like they just dropped that on you all as a surprise in the middle of the workroom getting ready. Like, oh my God, like, okay, first of all, like be like I'm getting ready in the mirror, and then all of a sudden I hear Lady Camden and Jasmine screaming. So I'm like, girl, why y'all screaming? All we doing is putting on eyebrows. <laughs> so I, I like run over to like go see and Alicia Keys is in the mirror. And like, Joey, honestly, Alicia Keys is somebody I've been listening to since I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. Like I love Alicia Keys. Um, and like I grew up singing um, and I wanted to be a singer before I wanted to be a drag queen. So Alicia Keys was one of the first singers that inspired me to want to be a singer and, and and to meet her was like, oh my God. So like to be painting in mirrors where Alicia Keys is sitting, <laughs> I was gagging. I was like, oh my God, like, can I reach through the mirror? Like what is going on? I, I have no doubts that you would have tried if they would have. <laughs> I would I, I would have, uh, uh, Joe, like I really would have reached through the mirror if I could and just touched her just for a second. Well, you did, you you said you, you got emotional on the main stage when you were talking to her. You, you did say again that she had inspired you for many years. You seem to connect with her a little bit more too um, during the critique. So have there been any like DMs or side conversations with Alicia since then or maybe any sweet interactions you might have had with her on set? <laughs> there have it, but I, but uh, I really hope that maybe after this interview, I'll check my DMs <laughs> and there will be a DM from Alicia Keys. I really hope so, because you don't understand. I really do love her so much. And it's not just her music, but it's her as a person. Like Alicia Keys will get in front of the entire world with no makeup on. And she is so beautiful and so personable and so relatable as a person. And I love her so much and everything she stands for. So, you know, I, I hope I get, you know, Alicia, if you listening to this, if you ain't sent me a DM yet, please DM me because... Girl, I might print it out and put it on my bedroom wall. <laughs> yes, I, we have to manifest that. I, I cannot uh, even imagine how amazing an Alicia Keys featuring Angeria song would be on the next album. It'll, it'll happen <laughs> on the next album. Because yes. she was feeling that song. It definitely seems like she was feeling the she song. She was, yeah. <laughs> and that was the first song that I've ever um Oh, really? In my whole life. So you yeah. did that specifically for this, like you started writing music specifically for I this. I did, I did. Um, they told us we needed a song and I hit up my good friend, Ocean Kelly. And mm. I was like, I need a song for the talent show. And he was like, I got you. And we whipped it up in a day. And, 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 and to hear Alicia Keys, somebody I've been listening to since I was little, literally tell me that she loved it. That meant so much to me because I always wanted to record a song and to record a song with my voice for the very first time and it be reviewed by Alicia Keys and she <laughs> loved it. 
Like, I won't trade that moment for anything in the world. I swear. You, you need to put her quote on the single cover. I mean, when it's released, like, you know how they always have the quotes from the critics on the covers and like, you need to do that. Yeah. Just, you you got to do that. Yeah, I will. I will. Look, I'll put Alicia Keys face <laughs> on the cover. I don't care. If she if she says anything, Joey, I will put uh-huh. it on anything. Like I love her so much, I really. But you do. said, but wait. So I want to go back. You said that you you did that song in one day. I did. I did it. We we literally did it in one day. I went over his house, and we wrapped it up in one day. That is incredible. And and you won the entire challenge with that song. And I won the challenge, and I didn't even see that coming. But you know, I trusted in his talents. He he heard my voice for the first time and he trusted in my talent and he and after we got through recording it, he was like, We got a winner. Mm-hmm. And and you know what? Got there and I performed it and I heard RuPaul, you know, loving it and Alicia Keys loving it. I was like, Wow. So I couldn't wait to get back to Atlanta to let him know that our song had won the yeah. episode. It was, I mean, it was very well deserved. I mean, the song, it's like still stuck in my head and there were, but I feel like it was interesting because there were as many dance numbers in this talent show as I feel like there were Madonna kimonos on the season eight runway. And (laughs) yours, I mean, like I said, it won, it was great. And I love that you clearly had like a Hollywood studio plot this out with a $100 million budget. You walked off the stage, said cue the smoke machine and you exited and gave yourself that entrance. So tell me about how you plotted that and how you put that, that element of the performance together. I, and you know what, Joey, I didn't, I didn't know that I was going to do it. I didn't know. So I got on set and we rehearsed it. And, um, and I said, do we have fall? Can I have some fall? some smoke or something. And they was like, yeah. And they hewed it. And I was like, oh, period. <laughs> Die. Let's go ahead and do that. Like, I want some fog. I like, I want fog I, because I'm up here by myself. I don't have props and all those, you know, fancy things that other girls had. I'm like, it's just me and my original song. So I need something else. So when they say you can do fog, I said, let's do fog in this moment. And I'm just going to burst through that. And, and 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 I'm gonna serve and and like seeing it all together tonight was amazing. Like I feel like I just watched myself like performing on the award show. That's what it felt like. <laughs> I mean, so what I'm hearing is it's not just star of the blockbuster; it's director of the blockbuster as well. Directing, <laughs> yeah. You know, I got a little director in me. Uh-huh. You know, like I, I saw, like in my in my hotel room. I was plotting a few things. I was like, girl, because you got to win this. Because like I said, I'm a broke bitch. So when $5,000 is on the line, you're going you gonna to do everything mm-hmm. you can. You're going to make it look like $100 because that's exactly what you did. I'm trying to tell you, period. <laughs> I did love the idea, the fantasy, though, of me thinking that you brought your own fog machine to Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it was their fault. But, you know, I... I made the executive decision yes. to use it. So I should still get exactly. <laughs> now, I do want to make sure we talk about, there's obviously something that a lot of people have been talking about ever since the cast was announced. It was revealed to you all in this episode that Maddie is straight. So I, I want you to tell me a little bit about your initial reactions to, to hearing that because you seem to be, and again, judging by the expression, um, you seem to be one of the most shocked in the moment. So like, was there shock or confusion at first um, before you all seemed to really lay appreciate what Maddie was saying about her position in the in the community in Untucked. Okay, so I heard RuPaul say, we have our first heterosexual drag queen. And I think all of us, like not just me, all of the girls, we, we turned our heads and it was like, wait a minute. 
So who who's straight? Somebody straight? Cause because I'm gay. And I was like, wait a minute. And and, and and but let me tell you something. Um, I think it's so amazing, like to have Maddie on this show, uh, because to know Maddie is to love her. And 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 I've always been a firm believer that drag is for everybody. I mean everybody. It doesn't matter if you straight, gay. If it, uh, what your race is, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, drag is creative expression. It's art. So regardless of who she chooses to love as a person, you know, that has nothing to do with anybody else or their judgment. So at that point, I was like, that's cool. I ain't never heard of it before, you know, a straight drag queen. <laughs> but I was so happy to be a part of the first season where a heterosexual drag queen, because let me tell you something, Joy, we are breaking ground. And I love Maddie and I love everything that she stands for. And we are breaking ground. And from here, Maddie being on the show is letting every single person, no matter their sexuality, their race, anything, know that you can do drag. It doesn't matter who you are. You can do drag because drag is an art form. It is creative expression. So I, mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, I do. I think it was an important conversation to have, especially in Untucked. I think it tied a lot of what Maddie was saying, I think tied back to something that you hinted at in the workroom. And I just want to make sure um, before we go that I talk to you about it. And please stop me if it's something that you don't want to discuss. Um, but you told the other queens, you said something very quickly. You said you weren't always this gay. So so can you explain what you meant by that, if you're comfortable, and sort of how finding the art of drag maybe helped you become the confident person that we see today? Yeah, so growing in, growing up in the South, Joey, like, it, it's a mm -hmm. lot. Like, don't, you know, growing up in the South, um, at first, I, I didn't know um, my sexuality for years. And even though I was flamboyant, I was flamboyant for years and still dating girls and stuff. And... Um, and going to college and meeting my friends who are also openly homosexual and then meeting them made me feel com more comfortable. And then meeting my friends who got me into drag made me feel more comfortable. And, you know, there are a lot of people uh, growing up in the South who aren't able to really channel their homosexuality and who they are as people. Because we're, you know, when you grow up in the South, you're, you're taught to believe that the lifestyle that you feel like, you know, you should live and is honestly your truth is wrong or it's not what you should be living. So that's how I honestly felt. And then, like I said, meeting these friends who were homosexual and did drag, it opened me up and it let me know, baby, I can be whatever I want to be. I can be who I am. And I've been that way ever since. I've been openly proud and gay and, and a drag queen and everything that I honestly want to be and feel that I am ever since that moment. And let this be seriously like a testament to, to you know, what can happen when you sort of find that confidence. I mean, here we are talking, you're on national television, you win the first challenge of this episode. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, this is a testament to what sort of finding your identity and, and the comfort and the, you know, the right group of people to do that with. So I'm really glad that you had that experience because there's a lot of people that I think that that might need to hear that in order to go out and find that for themselves so um good on you for for being open about that and and um i really appreciate you sharing that with me um now is there anything else that um you want to reveal or say about this episode before we go any fun stories you remember from uh the set this day <laughs> um the only thing that i want to say honestly uh is that first of all i love 
all of the girls that I came in with. And um, like, we are so close and I, I love them so much because coming into it, you know, coming from the country, I'm not used to, you know, this type of opportunity. So I didn't know what to expect. And then like knowing that I was doing it with these girls who are also from areas of the world, you know, um, and not heard of. And to be experiencing it with them for the first time was absolutely amazing. And also, just so y'all know, listening, the workroom is cold as fuck, okay? <laughs> I walked into the workroom, and, and I'm a, I'm anemic. And to walk into the workroom, baby, it felt like Antarctica in that bitch, okay? Like, it was so cold. I was like, oh, my God. Like, do y'all got some jackets or ropes or something for us? Because it is so cold in here. Yeah, I think Trixie has has talked about that before, too, it being very cold. Yeah, it, it's so cold in there. But thankfully, they did give us robes, and I still wear that robe to this day. I'm wearing it. Oh, my like, gosh. What an honor to be talking to you in your drag race robe. I am so glad that we caught you relaxing <laughs> at home, getting to watch your, uh, you know, small screen debut on VH1. So wonderful. Um, I, I can't thank you enough for joining me to talk about this. Um, I cannot wait to see what you do on this show next. And um, thank you, everybody, for joining in. RuPaul's Drag Race Season 14 continues next Friday at 8 on VH1. And we will be back here on EW's Twitter Spaces at 10.05 Eastern, 7.05 Pacific next week with another Season 14 Queen for a new recap. So thank you, Angeria, again. Everybody go follow Angeria on Instagram and Twitter. She is wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joey. Uh, I love you so Have a good night. I love (laughs) y'all. This quick drag episode is produced by Chanel Johnson, Sammy Junio, and Lauren Klein. Executive produced by Shayna Krokmal and Eva Wong. Edited by Sammy Junio and Lauren Klein. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com.